You're listening to the CLE Foodcast with Lisa Sands, the place for delicious conversation on local food and the people who grow, cook, and share it. Here's Lisa. Welcome to the CLE Foodcast. This week, my guest is Brandon Krastowski, founder of the Edwin's Leadership and Restaurant Institute. But first, let me remind you that this podcast is generously supported by Yellow House Cheese, the award-winning cheesemakers of Seville, Ohio. They've made it very easy to get Ohio farm fresh food direct to you. Order exactly what you want in quantities that fit your family. From mushrooms to meat to greens to brownies, it's all available at yellowhousecheese.com. Visit yellowhousecheese.com and get fresh local food while supporting Ohio family farms. Thanks for listening. This is episode 12 with Brandon Krastowski. You probably know a little about Brandon's work in the community, or at least you're aware of Edwin's, the fine dining French restaurant on Shaker Square that is the primary public-facing arm of a nonprofit that is all about second chances. Through Edwin's, people who have been incarcerated have a second chance at employment, dignity, and self-sufficiency through an intensive culinary arts and hospitality program. The Edwin's campus continues to grow with new opportunities for culinary education and now includes a business incubator. Edwin's has been covered on the Today Show and CNN and in the New York Times, Esquire, and Food and Wine. And it was the subject of a documentary called Knife Skills, released in 2018. If you have not had a chance to visit Edwin's, you really should. The food is something else. The environment, perfection. But the best part is knowing that you are showing up and directing your good fortune into a program that literally changes lives. Brandon, welcome to the CLE Foodcast. You're a busy guy, so I appreciate the time with you to hear what you've been up to. And I just want you to know, I'm a fan of Edwin's. uh, And while I have not been back uh, since COVID has been over or whatever state it happens to be in right now, however we're calling it, I have been there on many special occasions, including one really terrific New Year's Eve, which was just so festive and a great memory. And you were popping corks and talking to everyone and your staff was just having a great time and so top notch. So anyway, thank you for being here today on the CLE Foodcast. Are you bet, Lisa? It's going to be a blast. And I'm surprised you remember that night after all you drank. I remember it. I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. I was going to say, I, I, well, I just remember <laughs> the giant, I guess that would be a Magnum, right? That big giant bottle that you were hauling around. It was actually, I think a Jeroboam or a Rehoboam. Yeah. Cause it was huge. It was big. Well, in fact, I wasn't even going to have champagne or whatever that I'm assuming it was champagne. I wasn't even going to have any that night, but you cannot turn somebody down when they're, you know, pouring out of a bottle like that. So I believe I I did indulge. (laughs) Well, before we get into um, all of the details on what's going on with Edwin's, I have a softball question for you. Sure. I would love you to tell me what you are enjoying right now about summertime in Northeast Ohio. Oh, summertime. I love watermelon. Strawberries are starting to pop. I mean, I just love, I love like the, um, you know, nature's candy, which is fresh fruits. You know, we've, we've got three kids now, Lisa. So, I mean, they'll keep you running, you know, whatever comes out of the earth is best, but of course, playing, playing with the little ones is even better. Oh, I know it's perfect. Well, we've had a really nice couple of days of beautiful weather. 
I think it's going to last through this weekend. So I hear you on that. And, and you know what? I had some fantastic watermelon this weekend and corn is right around the corner. Ohio corn, mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. is nothing better. So I feel you on that. Well, a lot of people probably know Edwin's. You've been around now since I think 2013. And for those who don't, um, it is a fine dining French restaurant on Shaker Square. But you have really expanded and introduced a number of connected programs to that original restaurant. So tell me a little bit about everything that is under the Edwin's umbrella right now. You know, so you, you hit it on the head. You know, you have Edwin's you know, restaurants and, uh, you know, that, that's, that's where the main training happens here in Shaker Square, uh, six month program, you know, serving men and women coming out of the, you know, criminal justice and justice system. So that's like the mainstay, mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, it's all started, uh, well, started back in 2004 with an idea, but 2011 is when I started teaching in prison and we still continue that prison presence. So underneath the umbrella, uh, it started with, uh, the prison program that continues till today. It's expanded to 10 different prisons in Ohio. Oh. And um, by the end of summer, we're almost finished with the, uh, the implementation of our uh, video series, our tests, our, you know, our curriculum on a half a million tablets nationwide. So that's 20% of the prison population will reach. So um, that's, that's a big thing underneath that umbrella. Um, I'd say what's even more exciting about that, the Cleveland Browns, so they'd pay for, for anyone who wants to come to Cleveland from where they're at. Wow. So, I mean, we've already seen, uh, you know, with, with the national media, people coming from different states, but this one would really increase that. So we've got the prison programming, right? We've got mm-hmm. Edwin's, the restaurant and school. We've got the, uh, the butcher shop. We've got the bakery, which are both on Buckeye, mm-hmm. which is also nestled in our campus. So there is, uh, you know, uh, student housing, about 22 beds, graduate housing, about eight beds. And we've got, a you know, a family house where two families currently uh, re- reside. You know, also on that campus is a fitness center and library. So, you know, th- there's a campus, right? So that's under the umbrella. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Edwin's 2, which was, you know, kind of the recent addition back during the pandemic in November. And uh, that's really transformed into this incubator where we have young chefs, old chefs, you know, people just trying to make a, make a name for themselves and get an opportunity to, um, to perform. Mm -hmm. And they're doing so they're also canning. They're also prepping food for parties. It's uh, it's really turned into a community kitchen here in Shaker square. Yeah. Um, Underneath that umbrella is still, we got consulting, you know, we've opened up a couple of restaurants like the, um, you know, Ohio City Pizzeria we did and Serenity and Medina and nationwide we do a couple things. Yeah, I um I live a little bit south of the city, so I enjoy the best of both worlds of, you know, mm-hmm. Akron, Canton, Medina, and also Cleveland. And I've definitely heard people talk about Serenite, which it was so fun because, you know, having heard of Edwin's and been familiar with it. And then all of a sudden Serenite opens and, and it, it felt like a new concept all over again mm-hmm. to folks down there. Um, I've been wanting to ask you a question about, um, you know, at the genesis of Edwin's, when you decided that you were ready, you had fundraised, uh, you had conceptualized it and you were opening a restaurant. Why a French restaurant? Uh, I certainly understand your background uh, took you to yeah. France. But was there something about the practices and the experience of a French restaurant that drew you, you know, something that you wanted to share with your students? Yeah, I mean, look, Ed was a story of my life. I mean, it's plain and simple. Uh, there was no um, restaurant like this ever before. And, and so I just kind of follow what my life was. So yeah, A, I knew the French cuisine better than anything else, right? Two, 
you know, if you look at every fundamental in the in cooking, it all stems from the French cuisine. So whether it's mother sauces, whether that's stocks, whether that's, you know, techniques for pastries or, mm-hmm. you know, you name it, uh, knife cuts, it all comes from the French cuisine. So if you could teach someone the fundamentals of the French cuisine, Mm. They can go anywhere, do anything with that um, with that foundation. Oh. So it serves, it serves a real dual role. Interesting. Well, and when I think of Edwin's, uh, again, just the restaurant aspect, the the, the main flagship restaurant. Mm-hmm. One thing that I notice, and it's very important to me as a diner, yeah. probably to you too, is the service aspect. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that coming out of COVID, right, we're in a really interesting place. I just recently had some travels. I am someone who who tried to get out and help local restaurants as much as I could and I felt comfortable doing. And I have to say, I found consistent food. I think the people that were cooking were doing a fantastic job. What I did notice is that service and awareness of service practices seem to have changed. And I'm, I'm guessing that's attributed to turnover and things like that. And I think about Edwin's, um, when you go in there, of course, you're having a really terrific meal. And if you understand the mission and sort of the experience that you're, you're engaged in, it's exceptionally meaningful, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your approach to service and the front of house, um, work that, uh, is being done. Cause it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. So like, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I, I moved here from New York in 2008, right? And then, you know, uh, started rocking and rolling. The first thing I noticed in Cleveland was that service, uh, I don't think it was understood, right? I, I know it sounds so crazy, right? But there, this is a profession. This is an art, you know, and that's, um, that's something I, I practiced at the highest levels for years in, in Manhattan. There wasn't that sense of... Um, artistic appreciation for service. So what I mean to say is that, that a guest will deal with some lousy service in here, but they got like that Brown syndrome. They're going to continue to support a team that might lose and lose and lose, right? Because they're, they're, they're loyal. But what that does, it doesn't, it doesn't prod your restaurant tour to say, I'm going to do better. All it's going to say is, well, we can get away with this. Let's just keep doing that and and, and limp through this thing, right? And make money. Yeah. It, it's it's really a sad thing. If, if most people, if most customers in, in Cleveland say, I'm not going there because of service, you know what? They would change their service, but they don't because no one does that. Mm. And and so I would just say, first and foremost, Cleveland was never, um, I don't know if it has been a city for um, like a service-driven hospitality restaurant scene right yeah it was very easy to maneuver and navigate the system of 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 service in cleveland because it it really didn't exist didn't have a i can't think of someone except for maybe paul manillo who who who, baricelli he got it paul got it right Mm -hmm. there's very few people who got it Mm -hmm. Uh, in any event the approach to hospitality is simple you know you 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 literally physically everything in your body uh, treats someone as if they're in your home and everyone has had an experience in life where they felt good about something. Like for me, it was my grandmother's house when we said, Grandma, I'm not hungry. But she would pull up this rickety card table and bring us hot dogs and SpaghettiOs with like um, a chocolate milk. Like we didn't get chocolate milk at our house, but we got chocolate milk at grandma's house. Right. And I'll never forget that because like she knew I was hungry and like I loved it. I loved it. That's all it takes. Now, how do I project it onto someone else? 
So here at Edwards, we do a lot of reflecting upon moments and experiences in which you felt good and great. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you come from, there was a moment you felt great. It could have been a cold glass of water on a hot day. Boom. Someone anticipated a need. Mm-hmm. Now it's continually getting someone to trust their instincts and just connect with a table. And then my approach is block and tackle for your server. If you can get that frontline person to be with the guest, you're going to create a connection and connections what people remember. They don't remember what they ate. Mm-hmm. It may have been good, but mm-hmm. they don't remember it. They're going to remember the connection they made. So we do our best to block and tackle, mm-hmm. you know, run the plates or like, you know, just make sure that someone can be one-on-one mm-hmm. with that, with that customer, that guest. That's the approach to hospitality and, and, and service. But I, I think you're, you're, what you let off with is, I would say I'm not surprised by your comment of saying there's not a lot of great hospitality. And I think a lot of restaurateurs would agree with that. Um, some mm-hmm. people don't know how to do it. Some people feel they don't need the need to do it because yeah. it's working. But when you come here, although we make mistakes, we're training. There is a solid set of hospitality here that is unforgettable. Mm-hmm. You know, I would agree with that. I think that honestly, uh, well, I'm not sure. I Obviously you're teaching. Obviously you're teaching that as a, as a skill. I think a lot of it yeah. is intuition. I think a lot of it is paying attention. I can't tell you how many times, I mean, not just recently, just in general, when you're eating at a restaurant and you're spending a nice amount of money, you want to be seen. And I have to say that even sounds to me, for me to say that growing up the way I did, because I got to tell you, we were a SpaghettiOs and hot dog household, chocolate milk and Pepsi, maybe on the weekends. Um, It sounds elitist to me to want that. I have a hard time wanting that. And yet it's not about always being served. It's connection. I love when someone makes eye contact. I love when someone notices something, you know, when your food comes and it's not something's you know wrong, right? Maybe it's not what you ordered. Maybe there's something a little off. Maybe I'm allergic to nuts. Maybe I asked for no nuts. Clearly there's nuts on it. I feel like I want someone to look, pay attention and think, Hmm, that diner is not immediately digging in and eating that food. What is going yeah, on? Right. Yeah. But can you teach those things? And are you teaching those yeah. things? Yeah. You know, again, it just goes back to, you know, preaching this idea to trust your instincts. Like, mm. you know, your body recognizes it before your mind does. And, and, and you'll find this in this business, especially you're making a thousand or 2000 decisions a day and it happens fast. And the ones that you hit a sense about that you don't follow, that generally is a time when something things screwed up. Mm. You, you know, you might walk past the table and say, you know, I think they might want another soda, right. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, they can't. But they, your body sensed that like no, nothing else told you that. Like the guest is, yeah, well, I think I would something in your body said that. And it's just continuing to preach, trust that instinct, trust that instinct. Cause the time that you don't, you know what, that's, there it is. And then, then keeping those senses clear, you can teach it, you can teach it, but you have to tap into a moment of where you felt great about something. Mm-hmm. Then you have to be able to extend that to someone. Then you have to be able to say, Hey, trust your instincts. And then by blocking and tackling, it just affords you the time to, to care. Mm-hmm. And that's all this is. We're just trying to, we're trying to like steal time so that you can care for someone at a table. You can teach it and attention to detail. You know, I think we do a lot of leading by example. So, you know, people see us fold a napkin or, you know, they, they get it. I, I love hearing you talk about it because um, when I think of the handful of places doing things right, I definitely think of Edwin's. And I'm not just saying that since I'm talking to you on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. I really believe that. Have you had a chance 
in this last year or six months to do some outreach work? Have you gone to Grafton? Have you gone to some of your other partner correctional oh, yeah. institutions? Or is that where the genesis of the video uh, courses uh, came from? No, no. I mean, my, look, my knees are in the shit. You know, I'm up, I'm out there. It's, it's not going to not happen. And, uh, you know, you can see during this pandemic, you know, a, a very quick turnaround of you know, idea with the four for 40 and concept like that, 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 that's all it has to do with is being connected. You know, mm-hmm. you know, people are concerned, you know, that the dollars are, are, are going to be stretched and you know what food feeds the soul. So why not put a, a deal together that vertically integrates a business that's all through connection, you mm-hmm. know, with Grafton, you know, it's just to continue to stay connected with that. Um, you know, we started a kid's cooking class. We, um, we've teach like five different schools, with, with kids, right? Uh, you know, anywhere from like third grade to sixth grade. And uh, we have kits that they they pick up, the schools mm. pick up. Then we go on Zoom. We were doing that during the pandemic. Like, this is all about just staying connected and anticipating a need for a general audience. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you say what was the genesis, the genesis always has and always will be fighting for someone who's underserved mm-hmm. and maybe can't see while they're in the darkness of a, of a hard time or, or incarceration. I mean, mm-hmm. physically, like, being in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's always continuing to fight for that, fight for that, fight for that, and, and not relenting because um, that's what you do for your, your your child or your family. So so that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think this year, um, I, I think my, my, my son's in the business. So I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the restaurant business and I spent a lot of time observing, you know, how people were reacting and how that industry was affected by last year. But I'm curious to know when people come to Edwin's to dine, do you want them or need them to understand the backstory of what's going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes or the greater, the greater good, the umbrella programs, or is that actually not necessary? I mean, what's your, what's your thought on that? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I would consider us the best French restaurant in the Midwest period. Right. And mm-hmm. it just so happens it's, it's, uh, you know, being fueled by, men and women seeking a second chance. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not a charity, but we know we kind of are a charity, right? We're mm-hmm. not profit, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not why, why we exist. We exist mm-hmm. because we want to be the best humans we can be. And this is how we're, this is how we're expressing ourselves. It just so happens that it's mm-hmm. a certain, you know, specific mm-hmm. population that, you know, that's uh, near and dear. Mm-hmm. Uh, people won't come back for a mission twice. They won't. They had a bad experience. They're not coming back. They're not coming back. And especially these prices, they're not going to pay these prices and come back again. Mission can only do so much. Look, if mission was easy, you just put a mission on a, a battery. You'd be the number one selling battery in the world. It doesn't work like this. It mm-hmm. works from an experience. You have to you have to continue to exceed expectations. You have to continually um, surprise. You have to continually, you know, give a piece of yourself to everyone coming through these doors. And if you don't do that, you don't you don't exist. And a lot of the people coming to our restaurant, they're traveling. They know I have no idea about the mission until the, until the check comes, you know, which mm. says, you know, something about the mission on there. We want to be known as, as, as you know, the best humans we can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mm-hmm. do here. That's interesting. I guess I take for granted that, you know, at this point, so many people know. Uh, but of course, being the caliber of a French restaurant that you are, you are getting a lot of people that, you know, just Google French restaurants in Cleveland. And, yeah. and that's what yeah. they that's how they land there. So fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's been some talk and writing nationally, New York Times and whatnot, about the restaurant outlook and that maybe there isn't 
room or there's a shift away from fine dining. What's your thought on that? My thought is um, always consider the outlet you're reading, okay, and why they're producing uh, a you know a narrative like this, okay. So that'd be number one. Um, so two, I mean, I worked for the guy in Paris who started the whole um, in France. They called La Fooding. And it was a Michelin three-star chef Alain Senderans who said, I'm throwing my stars away and I don't want to be this, the best restaurant in, in, the Par- in Paris anymore. I want to be accessible. And, um, you know, he started the whole cash flow food movement, right? So this is like, this has already been happening for like, I don't know, a good 20 years. So I think that, A, the New York Times would probably be inaccurately reporting that. Um, B, they're a little bit behind the times. You know, uh, and see, you can see that through this pandemic, what people craved was um, uh, human interaction, right? Human interaction. And I think that the best way to invest for making human interaction is going to be through, you know, a finer dining experience. Now, I think in New York, they had um, incredibly, uh, I mean, I, what the government did to New York City during this pandemic is criminal. And what happened to fine dining restaurants is they perished or they fled. New York lost a lot of its population. It was very sad. You know, that's that's their choice. I think you lost a lot of fine dining in New York City. Mm-hmm. So the New York Times could be speaking from their perspective mm-hmm. in, in, in little old Manhattan. But I think nationwide, what you see is a surge in this sort of dining atmosphere. People just, they just want to be at a place longer. And then furthermore, you can't travel. So like, if you want to blow your wad, it's a good experience. You're not going to go to like Texas Roadhouse, which I don't even know if that's a restaurant. I'm just making up some, you know, I think name it was, I don't think it's around anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think people are going to say, you know, I'm going to take my dollars and spend them on fine dining and the right. experience of food that I can't now get in Europe or, you know, wherever I used to travel to. So Mm-hmm. I don't I don't particularly agree with that statement. And mm-hmm. and I think our numbers would reflect that as well, that it's fine dining is here. It's here to stay. Fantastic. Well, that's good news. I like the sound of that. On that note, and this may be related or, or it may not be related. When you took over the space in Shaker Square of Fire and you created Edwin's yeah. 2, originally the idea was that it would be a restaurant and you changed course. Tell me a little bit about that. And what are some of the cool things that are being done in that space right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the idea was, I mean, we, we um, increased about 60% our, our student population and obviously had to reduce our dining room to a a certain extent. And to me, I'm, I'm watching this like train move and I'm saying, you know what, as soon as the patio is gone, as soon as winter comes, we're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. So it was just quick thinking to go across the street and do a, um, you know, prefixed menu, you know, a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Again, no one can travel. It's a pandemic. I want to get out and relax. And and that's what we provided, a real sanctuary over there at Edwin's too. And it, and it worked and it, mm-hmm. and it was great. But then, you know, things started to come to an end. We had our full dining room back and now we can handle everything we need here at Edwin's, uh, you know, Edwin's restaurant mm-hmm. on this side of the square. Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like, I don't need the space. And, and the troublesome part was I only signed a six month lease. So now I was like, well, should we keep it? Should we get rid of it? And then I just saw all these entrepreneurs coming out of everywhere. And I saw 
a lot of people trying to start a business, but never ended up doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what the, the national number is, but you saw all these um, individuals go out to start, you know, or, you know, file for their LLC, but they never start their business. So there was a mm -hmm. disconnect in from the idea to actually getting it going. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, why, why don't we fill that blank in here on the east side? So what it, what Edwin's 2 is, is really this incubator, right? So if you have an idea that you want to bring to market, uh, we can help you do it here. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are a chef and you want to put your name out there, you can do it here and make a pretty good profit. I mean, the last chef that came through, I think, walked with $4,000. I mean, that was his cut he walked home with. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good for one night. Mm -hmm. and, and so it allowed, you know, young chefs, old chefs, every chef to be able to say, hey, here we are mm -hmm. in a fine dining, white tablecloth restaurant, full liquor license to give their food mm -hmm. the proper stage that it deserves. Mm -hmm. um, I love it, man. Cause I, I mean, I'll walk in the back door, Lisa. I don't even know what's going on. I just see like, you know, yucca root being, you know, boiled or something like, okay, what's going on today? And they'll tell me, oh, this is chef so-and-so. We're doing this. I'm like, this is pretty cool, right? Uh, I, I like it. I like to see these young chefs come out too and and, and put it on the line to be, to mm -hmm. be there. And you also saw a shift in this industry. Some people said, I don't want to be in this industry anymore, but I still want to be a chef. So look at the one time a month you want to be a chef, you can do it here. Right, right. Well, and, um, you know, the the other, um, the bakery and the butcher shop, I think I read something recently that what you noticed too is that you started to get customers from the neighborhood, a different customer that might not be walking in the doors of Edwin's, but who wants to support you, needs those products in mm -hmm. areas of Cleveland where those products really were not available in a anywhere in a convenient fashion. So that must have felt really good as well to see um, not only be helping people from the community with jobs and job creation and other opportunity, but also then to see people coming in as customers. Oh, yeah. I mean, kidding me, it's great. And it's, um, you know, we, we knew that was a case and we knew that there was a void there on Buckeye, mm -hmm. you know, a real forgotten neighborhood distress for, um, for too long. And so, yeah, opening that up and, and just being able to be a community resource is, is it, it, you know, it feels even better. That's like that, um, you know, like that triple net game they say, right? Mm -hmm. And you're seeing, I imagine, with the with things opening up, restaurants trying to get back to normal levels of staffing. Are you then sending your graduates out into uh, Northeast Ohio, and they're they're gainfully employed, they're finding opportunity? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that hasn't stopped since day one. You know the. The waiting list might have went from 50 jobs to 100 jobs waiting to hire now, but uh, there's never been a shortage of people who want to see our grads work. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. for sure. And that's not just here. I mean, I'm getting calls from Jersey, Oklahoma City. It's nationwide. You know, a lot of restaurateurs have played their cards wrong and, you know, using people for a piece of their, their you know, economic machine rather than, you know, investing in someone's future that they want to see move on. Mm -hmm. And um I don't know. I've taken that ladder approach for a long time and it's paid off. It's paying dividends right now. Like we are, I don't know, we got like two or three catering events this weekend. Uh, looking at opening another restaurant. I mean, uh, staffing is, doesn't seem to be the issue that mm -hmm. a lot of people say it is. Fantastic. How can Cleveland Northeast Ohio support you in your endeavor right now? What do you need from us? Is it coming to events? Is it is it uh, checking Edwin's out for the first time if we've never been there? What really helps you out and makes you be able to do more of your good work? Yeah, I mean, let's start with like the lowest hanging fruit. 
the lowest hanging fruit would obviously be coming to dine, right? You come into dine, you're going to be able to give everyone here the practice that it takes. You're going to help us, you know, insulate our sustainability because it's going to cost you money. And we, you know, that's what it takes to make this thing work, right? That's like the lowest hanging fruit. And you say, well, I can't, I don't have the time. Well, it's no problem. You know, you stop by the baker for Danish. I mean, it, it could be very simple or it could be very, you know, romantic and complex. You could do a whole, whole meal at the, at, in the French, uh, French atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably the easiest way to support the, um, other ways to support, obviously, you know, you know, donations, right? And you know, so people will be like, you know, I, I've got all these, like someone called the other day and said, I've got $20,000 worth of clothes I want to donate. They're like, if the guy is my size, you can have a different outfit for the next three years every day. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, well, bring that semi over and drop it off. We have a whole like place where we have suits and shoes and women's clothing. It's, it's amazing. And that's free for all of our students and grads. So there's like little things you can do there. You can, you can donate time, right? There mm-hmm. is always someone who's, um, you know, interested in an inspirational story or a mentor. There's always mm-hmm. someone who has a skill set that's going to help our organization grow, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, so that's there. Okay. We have our annual event. If you like want to like get the deep dive in really quick, we have our annual event, uh, La Bastille, right? C- celebrating the storm of the La Bastille. It's um, This year it's coming up. It's going to be on July 17th. You know, yeah, I'll be there. It. I'm excited. Nice. Yeah. You're going to eat well. We have food all over our campus. We hold this at the campus outdoors. You're going to eat like a, like a, like a king or queen. You're going to be able to see the, uh, what we offer. You're going to hear student stories. It's like the best way to get involved. But here's the sleeper one, Lisa, that everyone overlooks. Yes. The biggest impact you can make for us in the mission is talking to your circle about second chances. So you're connected wherever you're at with uh, maybe it's a church and maybe it's a school with kids. Maybe it's a dry cleaner because you get clothes cleaner, the grocery store. It's having conversations with the men and women in your circle and saying, how do you hire? What do you think? Like Just that alone pushes the dialogue, which makes it more acceptable down the road. It's going to take years, but it starts with you and your circle. Everyone can do that. Okay. Everyone can do that. Well, I think we're going to end on that because you've been such a leading example of you and your team, your board. I know it's, I know it's not just you. I know you have a lot of people behind you. Uh, and the folks that are out at the correctional facilities that you work with. I mean, your universe is big and, and and growing ever larger, but I think you're a fantastic example of the good that can happen when we're all good to each other. When we all realize that uh, we're, we're all human. Uh, mm-hmm. We all have downtimes in our lives. We all have things that we don't really want to talk about that we wish didn't happen, but you know, we have to, reckon with and get over. And I think you're making it acceptable. You're making it more commonplace. Uh, and you're, and you're really preaching, not just not forgiveness, but you're, you're just preaching hope. So I think it's, I think it's really, really, um, it's a beautiful thing. And when I go there to eat, I know I'm having a fantastic experience, but honestly, I feel, I feel honored to be one small cog in the wheel, right. That's, that's helping make something happen. Like, and by dining there and having a great meal, a decadent, amazing meal of whether it's just the ridiculously good Le burger with the, what's the cream sauce? What's the sauce on that? What's that with the, Oh, the burger sauce. The Lay burger. Oh, it's like, yeah, it's like sauce. Diane. It's got brandy. Uh, it's got mushrooms, it's got truffles. I mean, it's got cream. What else? I mean, it plays everything great in one sauce. It's insane. Are you still doing that? Are you still doing that table side? We do it. No, we do it out of the kitchen. I mean, look at the okay. demand. The demand got so high for it. It's uh, like every other table. I mean, I would have to have like an army of carts to do it. It's just <laughs> same great burger, know, but done out of the kitchen. 
I have been in your restaurant when there has been a lot of carts on the floor. Someone's getting dessert. Someone's getting um, another entree. I mean, it's there's a there's a lot going on. I mean, dinner at Edwin's. Uh, for anyone who's listening, treat yourself. Obviously, if you're the type of person that wants to pick up a Danish or two, or treat the office. If you want to go to a great butcher shop, go to the butcher shop. But if you want to treat yourself, particularly in the summer when your patio is open, it's it's amazing. You guys, you're still doing oysters, right? You're doing some oysters. Do we do? We do oysters. We got, I mean, and sometimes we do like a raw bar, especially in those summer nights. But yeah, we do oysters every night. Yeah, you come by, look at I me. Mean, you're going to get the classics, right? You're going to find the frog legs. You're going to find the foie gras, uh, the yeah. duck, right? Uh, you're yeah. going to get all this great stuff, but you're also going to get the refreshing things that um, only the you know summertime yields. I love it. Well, I want to end on this note the in homage to France uh, and the type of cuisine that you offer uh, liberty, equality, fraternity. Right. Right. That's right. That's what you guys are doing. That is what you preach. Brandon, thank you so much for being on the CLE Foodcast today. It's been just a thrill to talk to you personally. I will see you at La Bastille and I will look forward to um, I'm just so excited for that night. Have a great day and thanks for being on the Foodcast. Thanks, Lisa. CLE Foodcast is a project of Fork in the Road Productions. My sound engineer is Bill Connors. CLE Foodcast is a promotional partner of Chase the Flavor the easy way to learn new recipes and cooking techniques with personalized instruction from fantastic local chefs. Visit chasetheflavor.org to get started. Sign up, get an ingredient list to shop, and log on for a fun virtual cooking tutorial. It's easy, fun, and you can do it right in your own kitchen. Learn something new and sit down for a gourmet meal that you made yourself. Come on, let's chase the flavor. Visit chasetheflavor.org today. Thank you for being here and following along. Direct message me on our CLE Foodcast Facebook or Instagram if you have an idea for a topic or a person we should interview. Have a great week. And remember, stay hungry, be kind, and always, always set a bigger table.